Spoiler Alert, a weekly talk radio show for TV and movie lovers. I'm your lady host, Sonia Stanger, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, roguishly charming gunslinger, Sean Dunham, and mysterious aerialist slash knife thrower, Jeremy Leguie. Hi, boys. <laughs> hey, that's, that's, that's how I do. Yeah, yeah. you're so slinky. Uh, we're very excited to also be joined today by wife of the show and someone you can always count on to have read the book, Ellen Leguie. Welcome, Ellen. Hey, thanks for having me. Of course. We're so excited you're here. So Mm -hmm. this week we are talking about Netflix, Netflix's, which is a very hard word to say. It is. Hot new fantasy offering, Shadow and Bone. Based on the best-selling Grishaverse novels by Lee Bardugo, which is a sentence that contains so many words that don't sound like real words, the the series boasts a respectable 86% on Rotten Tomatoes and has been much talked about since its release at the end of April. The show follows multiple points of view, but focuses primarily on the series protagonist, Alina Starkov, an orphan cartographer who finds herself at the center of a bitter war after she is revealed to be a powerful magician or Grisha and a figure of legend, the Sun Summoner. Just for a quick, uh, quick uh, recap. An- another uh, another thing like no one ever thought they would say. <laughs> yeah. yeah. As always, a full spoiler alert is in effect. You just might find out that the brooding hot guy with a penchant for black and a difficult past you've had your eye on might be the bad guy. Some of us didn't know that at the outset. But seriously, folks, this episode is going to contain spoilers for the entire first season of the show. So if you haven't finished watching it yet, or you think you might watch it, you might want to save this one for later. And it'll be here for all your thoughts when you're done. The Grishaverse will always be waiting for you. (laughs) The Grishaverse will wait for you. (laughs) Let's get right into it. So the three of you, um, did you have any relationship to the books before the series came out? Uh, My my relationship was based off of uh, uh, oral knowledge passed to me by my wife. Oh, thank you. Please. (laughs) Basically, I have to recap everything I read right before we go to bed. And like, we just like... Lay there, and I tell him enough things until he's like, please let me sleep. <laughs> Cute. That's a beautiful bedtime story. How are things in the bedroom anyway? It's so bad. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> I don't have any relationship with this. I didn't know. I did not know that there was books. I did not know that there was the second sort of iteration coming, which I'm excited for. It was just Netflix popped it up. I saw magic, and I was hooked. There we go. <laughs> Classic. Ellen, what about you? Um, I knew that they existed. Um, the second offering of books, like the second duology in the series, was recommended to me like multiple times. I'm like, okay, I'll read that. Because I knew that Shadow and Bone, like the f- season one was coming out and it was based on the first book, the first trilogy. And I was like, well, I'm not really into that, but I'm definitely into the Six of Crows. I tried to read Six of Crows and I was like, I don't understand a thing. So I had to go back and read mm. Shadow and Bone. And I waited for so long because everybody was like, I have to read this before the show comes out. So I waited like the library copy was like almost two months before I got it. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, but then I like flew through them because all I wanted was Six of Crows. <laughs> can I and ask- did you like them? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yeah. I was going to say, can I ask why it's called Shadow and Bone? What are, you ta- what are you talking about? Well, I know there's like a famous shadow that yeah, the whole story the, the, is kind of based. Bone. Oh, the bone. It's the all, bone. It's all yeah. about the bone. No, what you're are you right. Talking about? No, the bone. <laughs> <laughs> now I remember the bone. The bone makes For a very late. At home. <laughs> the bone <laughs> talks Jeremy in very late in the story. Bone when he said that. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler. <no>. Got <laughs> Spoiler it. Spoiler okay. alert. Bone. Although, yeah, are we saying bone or like should it not have been called like shadow and antler? <laughs> or is antler just bone? I, I mean, I think, I think you got. I, I think you've got a case there, Sean. I am not going to be honest with you. Thank you. You can take this all the way to the supreme. I need representation, I th- but I think I antler is different than bone. I mean, okay, I'll Google it. You guys keep talking. I'll find <laughs> okay. it. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> so, okay, so yeah, I also um, had not read the books, had never heard of them, which actually was kind of surprising to me because I do love a bit of. YA fantasy. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed the show. So 
uh, what were folks' overall feelings about the show, about the series? Um, I can go first. Um, as I said before, I love magic, and from the first in the beginning, when just like the sounds of the Grishas doing their like hand movements and like the resistance that's sort of involved. I was just like, if I was a kid, I would be obsessed with doing those. I still am. I was like doing it in my apartment, like unlocking doors, like click, click. (laughs) Um, But I have to say that the tone was insane. Like sometimes I was like, is this a teen drama? Like it felt very like, oh, like parts of it were like, it's like Harry Potter kind of, we're all learning magic and we're all in this like, Thing and we all like talk about boys and have teen dramas or whatever and then all of a sudden someone gets their throat slit or like like something insanely gory happens and i'm like this is actually dumb. this is much darker than the characters in it seem lead me to believe yeah like there's human trafficking and war profiteering this is not mm-hmm. we're not at hogwarts anymore no <laughs> um while while watching it, there is, like, we've talked about, like, the new quality of show, right? And, like, Disney and Netflix have raised the bar. Like, their movie quality. Game of Thrones did it first. We all know this. Um, but uh, I think, like, it was extremely enjoyable. And I think that it was, like, very smart in the way that, like, there was never a moment of wasted time. Mm. You know, like, like... You know, if we heard about a plan, we saw the plan happen. Like, like you know, there are just all these really cool narrative things that, like, moved it along in a really slick and innovative way. Mm. And as you guys all know, I'm a huge fan of, like, a genre-less thing. And, like, one episode, the end is terrifying. One episode, it's really charming. One episode, like, you're laughing so hard mm-hmm. at the way that she kidnaps herself. Like, it's just super clever. And... I, I, the whole time I kept bringing it up to Ellen because I was like, I remember being bored watching Game of Thrones. Mm. Like, I remember thinking, oh, like, when yeah. is the thing happening? Right? Like, when, like, what are we doing here? And there, like, it just doesn't, it does not, it, the whole time it's entertaining. The whole time it's good. The whole time it's just like cranked to 11. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. Ellen? I think they did a, I think they did a really good job of it. Um, like I said, like the whole point of me reading the first three books was to get to that fourth book. And so I kind of like plogged through them and I was like, well, like these characters are fine and setting it up. It's like a three book prologue, honestly, just to like know what's happening to be set in the world. But like, I never really cared about any. <laughs> I, I like liked some characters, but I was never like, oh, Alina or like, I wasn't into it that way. I was just trying to get to the fourth book. And so I really liked the film because it, or the Netflix series, because it made it even better for me. Like it added things to it that I was like, oh, my favorite characters are actually there. So that was kind Mm. of nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And is that, is that because we're going to talk about this more in depth later, but is that because sort of the three characters from um, East, Oh no, I've confused the crow. myself now. Those three Ketter- crows. From Ketterdam, the crows. They're from Six of Crows, right? And then they kind right. of like transmuted them into the main series. Right. So the actual, mm. like the, there's seven books total, and there's a trilogy, a duology, and then another duology, and they all take place at different times. And so the Six of Crows duology takes place two years after the Ravka Civil War thing. So mm. after Alina's story is completely done, that's the first time you meet Kaz and Inej, and Jesper, and then the other three people. Mm. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, in terms of my feelings about the show, I, I also really liked it. I felt like they it was really smart to do just eight episodes because you didn't have that Game of Thrones thing of like, oh great, this episode was just people walking, and like, mm-hmm. <laughs> nothing happened. Um yeah, I, f- I found myself really invested in the characters. I thought it was cast really super well. Like, there was no one who I was like, mm, I would have maybe seen someone different there. Um, yeah, I thought it was just fun, magical, and great. Um, 
so what, who, rather, um, are some of your favorite characters and performances from the show? Because I feel like that was definitely a strength. Uh, Sonia, if I may railroad your hosting job for yeah, one moment here. Yeah, please do. Uh, <laughs> Ellen, would you talk about the differences in Mal? Because this is pretty fascinating to me. I'm pretty sure because... Sonia had a question about this later. Well, I don't I don't. You want to do that. it now? <laughs> okay, well, okay, wait, wait, wait. I'll, let's redo this. Let's redo this. Pause that question. We'll come back to our favorite characters and performances. And Ellen, as our resident book expert... Can you give us a sense of what else was different in the show from the books? Okay, so that the whole storyline with Kaz, Inej, and Jesper, that never happened at all. Mm. So all of those characters um, were introduced to them two years later after the story has wrapped up. So you don't know who Kaz is at this point. Alina never meets them. That whole thing doesn't happen. They exist, but they're in Ketterdam doing whatever they're doing. Um uh the Nina and Matthias thing, the like mm. witch and witch hunter, that happens at that time. And then in Six of Crows they come back. So it's two years later for them. So in Six of Crows there's like some things that happen. Um and it's actually word for word. Like all of their like past backstory is word from word for the book, which is kind of neat. Cool. Like her writing is really well done. So they just used exactly that for um the uh, script. Sorry, I was like, what is that word? <laughs> um, <laughs> a couple things that were different. I feel like the books tried to set up like a a love triangle a little bit, except yeah. none of her options were really great. And so, <laughs> and so Netflix had to do a much better job of that. Because like the Darkling, as soon as you knew that he was evil, she never considered him again. Like it was three books of like, I am never going to be with you. Yeah. ever and then and hopefully is as long as there's a season two there's a guy named Nikolai who is the best Nikolai wow. is where it's at and he should be an option but Alina just never like he's my favorite Alina was just like yeah not into it I'm just into Mal but Mal he slept with Zoya he <laughs> he slept with Zoya he was constantly sleeping with other people treating her like a little like kid sister Um, he didn't care about her powers in the book he kept saying like I wish he didn't have those or like can you please just stop using them and like when she doesn't use her powers she gets sicker and so like he'd always be like oh did you use your powers because you look slightly healthy like it's just like the worst and at one point he gets a really bad back tattoo like <laughs> all the negative <laughs> things. <laughs> oh, no. God, you shouldn't want in a the back like, tattoo. Support you, and he has a back tattoo. It says, "I am become blade." I <laughs> am become blade. He should have run that through some ground. She's she's uh, like, "What does that mean?" And he's like, "I'm your blade." And she's like, "What does that mean?" <laughs> Ellen, it's a haiku. Um, that's, <laughs> that's also my license plate, unfortunately. And like, if my you want plate. major, major spoilers, at the end of the third book, she yeah. gives up her powers for Mal. No! No. Mm-hmm. So, the like, actual the devastation that, I just felt at that. I know. <laughs> really real. So the fact that Netflix changed it and made Mal a viable person who in the episode, like, in, what, episode six or seven was like, I love your powers. I was just like, well, now Mal's a viable option, and it's good that they did mm. that, but, like, completely different from the book. Completely mm. different. Because now you're like, yeah, I can see them together. This makes sense. In the book, yeah. you're like, what are you doing? Just, like run off and be by yourself because that's the best option. <laughs> yeah. This is I, that's how I often news. feel that. Yeah. That is. And then just, Mal just is for such the a good character. I know. So he's great. He he's has great like zero powers, but he still yeah. just will like fist fight a darkling because he's kind <laughs> of dumb, honestly. But yeah. But brave. I also think they did it. An excellent job because in season two they'll they'll be able to add Nikolai like they have to he's a major part of book two and then they get to add another of the six of crows we've met five of them and we haven't met number six and his name is Wylan and Wylan is the best and I love Wylan and as soon as he Wait, gets cast the... all of the girls are gonna have little heart eyes 
Who are the who is the other two crows? Yeah, who's crow four and five? Does Zoya like Nina and Matthias? Oh, the witch hunter and the witch. Yeah, interesting. Because she she gets him um, thrown onto the prison ship right in the episode, Mm -hmm. and so the prison ship is taking him to Ketterdam. And so she's going to go to Ketterdam and then get Kaz to try and help her to get him out of prison. Mm -hmm. Oh, right. Because in the very last episode, they're like, we need a heart render. And she's like, oh, that's me. She's like, you call. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it's it's interesting because Ellen had said anecdotally that in the book, Mm. um, like that stuff you knew because people told each other. But now, because of the way they've structured it, we get to see it go down. Yeah. So it's it's cool. Yeah. it was really well done. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is really cool. I can't think of another, like, adaptation, uh, if you guys know of one, let me know, where they kind of did that transmogrification of things that happened at a way different point in the series and, and, like, change it and, like, add new stuff in in this way. Like, I know Game of Thrones obviously made some major deviations, but that was just, like, they ran out of the source mm-hmm. material and then yeah. scrambled. This, I think, is a really interesting way to adapt a series and make it fit eight episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So back to my question about characters then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we'd like Mal is what you're saying. <laughs> okay. So with, with that backstory that I needed to give my proper answer. Okay. <laughs> I do not know if, 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 if I was her, I don't think I could pick you guys. Jeremy, you're torn. I, I don't. I, I, get it. I mean, you could pick like, between your lifelong friend that protects you forever and the evil man that's trying to kill you. But like, he's got a really good reason. <laughs> he doesn't, though. <laughs> right? He, but like, like he's he, just trying he, to protect just, all the Grisha. I know. If he had, I'm just saying, he wants to rule them. He, had, he wants to protect them. It's true. If he had presented it a little bit differently. Mm. I think it would have been fine. You think it was a marketing issue. I don't think it's a presentation (laughs) issue. I think all of that, all of his like sad backstory is all just a very thick layer of manipulation and he knows exactly what he's doing. Do you know the amount of people in the scope of the world who have lost a loved one and not then become a centuries old evil demon? A lot. Look at his people. mom. She's in the same situation. She also has dark powers, lives forever. And she's like, you suck. And you're my son. <laughs> and when, yeah, your own, when your own mother says that, yeah. like she knows that inside I'll, out. I'll, I'll, I'll go back to my cave and train your army. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, cave, or that backstory never happened in the books, BTW. Right. Yes, I read that so, today. There was no, there was no mm-hmm. love interest that he... Burn so the world down for. How did he? How did he create the fold? Which I love, by the way. I love the fold. Um, how uh, did he create that? Uh, or he just did it because he's evil. He just did it. He wanted to show power. Oh, okay, he wanted yeah. to like make the king rely on Grisha, and so it was right. like a, a way to do that. Yeah, that's smart. He was also um, trying to create I, soldiers or something too, like that. Right, that yeah, aligned he, with the it was, book. It was a, the... a like monkey's paw thing where he was like, yeah. "I want ten thousand soldiers," and then, oops, right. you didn't specify. <laughs> um, but I was reading today that they initially were thinking it would be they would do a backstory um, to some really sad stuff about him as a literal child, but then the producers were like. Mm, I think we want Ben Barnes in it because he's so hot and everyone loves him. <laughs> so it needs to be him as an adult still so that everyone can get their eye candy. And as someone who, as the boys can tell you, um, because I texted them like right after I started watching it, you were I, swept I fell into that trap. I was swept into his dark brooding <laughs> trap. Uh, that's just, ben you Barnes. know, that's going to happen. But ah, he is, ex- I mean, there are a lot of hot people on the show. Like, he is hot. Alina's hot. Mal's hot. Nina's hot. Matthias is hot. Like, there's a it's lot. A, there's a lot to look at. Jesper it's is what, hot. What I think. Jesper oh, is hot. When I what I think is funny about sort of um, old timey like you know sci fi crazy stuff is like these people should just be stringy hair, <laughs> teeth yeah. busted out, like <laughs> like limping around, like 
there should not be a clear patch of skin in the entire world. And everyone looks <laughs> like a model, which is fine. I know you have to do that, but it is just very funny. Like it's every true. character in here happens to be 24 and beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is very true. But then they also did a good job, is the thing. Well, yeah, that's that is but that's like that's more than the thing. Yeah. Because well, like it, we I've mentioned on the show how again, I'm just going to note that it's refreshing that it's not typical European fantasy, but I think that like the knockout of all of them makes it really difficult to like not take it seriously cuz it's crazy mm. it's also dungeons and dragons but it's crazy but it it's just like a like like a thing where like you watch two episodes and you're like was that just really good like did they yeah. just do a really good job of that and then you keep watching mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah like um when people when they when there's episodes in the fold i kept waiting for them to go into the fold cuz i loved it so much cuz it's just like mm. Everything just gets quiet and dark and you just are creeping through this sort of dark fog until you make it through the other side, which spoiler alert, you basically never do. Um, <laughs> it's really, I would like, if there was a, a ride at Disneyland where you go through the fold, I'd be there. Just there. I'd be just right the there. the one for Sean. <laughs> Amazing. Pushing my, okay. pushing my skiff through the fold. All of that said, I don't think any of us have still said who our favorite characters and performances were. So let's talk oh, about that. I can go. I mine are the crows. I love those three mm. as a as a as a trio. They're so smart and scrappy and just like trust each other and are um all have specific skills to get them out of basically any scrape and they all seemingly like and respect each other and I just really like them. Nina and Matthias, I despise. They are the worst. <gasps> really? Oh, you don't my. like an when they would, to when they, arc? When they would come on screen, I would basically be like, play on my phone. Oof. Not me. Wow. I feel like it was, they like, were just her being like, I'm going to write some fanfic about my own story. <laughs> <laughs> Every time they interacted, what, they- Nina would just be like, She'd be like, "Do you have any brains behind all those mountains of muscles?" I like. It was like, "Why are you speaking to each other this way? You're crazy." Because they, because they're hot. It's hot. We have to rely on each other, but I hate you so much. Yeah, but um. I love that. I love that thing of like, I have been deeply ingrained with this set of ideas my entire life, and I fundamentally mistrust you because you are the one thing I have been taught is evil. And yet, I feel this powerful and visceral attraction to you, and I can't deny it. I love that. I live for that, honestly. I don't know it why. Is good. What about you there's two? No, who, there's who no way we like? can warm up unless we get naked and press against each other. <laughs> I was so excited. That actually did was like a fan fiction, to be fair. I, that's, <laughs> that I felt like that moment. was fanfic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think... Well, I'll, I just I think I do think Ben Bards is the best part of the show. Like he's crazy, he's manipulative, he's all the things, and it's really great. Mm, he's good. Ellen, go. I uh, I think okay. My favorite character in the books is Kaz, but I feel like you weren't able to see his as much of his brain as I wanted to see, and like that's mm. the best part is all of his like ideas and schemes and heists in the book. So, like, overall, Jesper was my favorite because he was just, like, um, chaotic and funny and great. But then Ben Barnes is just fabulous, too. Yeah. So, Ty, yeah, Ty, I, Jesper and Ben I Barnes. I really liked Kaz, even though he, like, yeah, I, you only got to see a few of his schemes sort of roll out. But, like, the one where he sort of double-crossed that one guy, because he's, like, he's going to double-cross us. And I knew that. Mm-hmm. I was like, whoa. That one really I, took me by surprise. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I they, I mean, same. The crows are just, like, I don't see how they could kind of not be everyone's favorite just because of what they bring to the show. Like, that, just that lighthearted element. But then also it's heartwarming and, like, tragic, like, Amita Suman as Inej, I think, is really brilliant in her kind of, like, the way she's able to be withholding, but also really, like, reveal a lot in her very, like, subtle performance. And I actually also think that Jessie May Lee, who plays Alina, does a really, really good job. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, I like I think it would be easy for that character to be kind of boring and for us to kind of have seen it before, but she makes it feel very human and like you I don't know, I I felt for her and like I want I was very invested in her quite quickly. Um so yeah, but honestly everyone, like I think even the people with smaller roles like yeah, I would Genya, like to see more like, from the the cosmetologist person. <laughs> I liked her. Genya. Genya yeah. is excellent. Yeah, and like that twist at the end where like you find out about the betrayal, but then also like she's kind of a slave. Like she's kind of trapped in this system and and this is the only way for her to like make a life for herself. Yeah, it's it's a they give everybody quite a like hefty a, like motivation, I feel like, which I really appreciate. Mm-hmm. Like a complicated yeah. motivation. Yeah, I I miss that. Oh, no, go, you go, go ahead. No, no, <laughs> I I just like I missed that in the in the um, Netflix series. Jenya's backstory was a little bit more explained in the book, and the mm. fact that she walks in in that white kefta is like the most symbolic thing because she her powers are the red kefta, which is the like most high level. But because she's essentially a slave to the queen, she's dressed in white as a servant. Oh. And, like, that whole backstory is not explained. But, like, she walks in white and you're just like, oh, Jenya, no. <laughs> but that's why we have you here to explain that to us, Ellen. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Important. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And so with that, it is time now to hear a word from our sponsors. So grab your emotional support goat and we'll be right back with more spoiler <laughs> alert here on 91.3 FM CJTR Regina Community Radio. Tuned into the community. Welcome back to Spoiler Alert. We are going to get back to talking more Shadow and Bone, but it, uh, first, do you guys know what time it is? It's it's game um, time, people. Oh! What, 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 what? For those who don't know, or if you're just tuning in, the game is where I spend about 10 seconds this week looking for a title related to our topic that these folks have hopefully not seen. I tell them the title, they tell me what they think it's about, I tell them what it's really about, and we all have a good time. Uh, Sean, Sonia, and Ellen, are you guys ready to play the game? Yeah! I am ready. This week's, this week's title is Cursed. That Cursed? title again, Cursed. Oh, Cursed. Duh. Cursed okay, death. I got I got one right away. Okay. Do you want to okay, go first? Go. Sure. Go for yes. it. So this is just like Shadow and Bone, a YA retelling of Beauty and the Beast. <gasps> oh. Okay. Because there are 101 retellings of Beauty and the Beast. Therefore, <laughs> this one, let's see. Uh, the person who is cursed is the dad. And then the sister has to do something crazy. And then Belle doesn't like books. She likes mm, bows and arrows. There you go. Wow. <laughs> okay. Amazing. You. You just mad lip. It's a feminist you just mad lip that for us. <laughs> and do okay. they get together at the end? A hundred percent. With who? I don't know. Because the dad's cursed. <laughs> right. <laughs> she saves her dad. There's no love interest. Oh, love it. That's yes. brave for YA. It is. That is. That is. <laughs> um, okay, thank you. Thank you. Uh, Sonia, you got it? Sean, do you have one? I do, yeah. Okay. So I believe it is about a fancy old Victorian mirror that um, that a, a teen finds, also YA. It, they're like bequeathed this from uh, an old aunt or something. And the the... They have they put it in their room and then things start being weird around the mirror and she finds out it's a cursed mirror and accidentally like will she'll be looking at the mirror and be like, Oh, that's like it's not really acting like a reflection. And then once she realizes it, she gets sucked in and her reflection is pushed out. And so then she watches her reflection where she was previously left-handed, but her reflection is now right-handed, and she goes through her life and doing sort of evil things and she has to figure out a way to get out of the mirror world where it's kind of like her world but it's just a little bizarre and to navigate getting back to the other side wow that's dark dude a cursed mirror i would 100 percent read that 
Same. <laughs> well, I'll start writing. Thank you. Sonia. Uh, Sonia. Yeah. Okay. I think that this is a movie based on a YA novel in which a young woman named Elena um, is cursed so that the only books she can read are YA fantasy. Anything else that she <laughs> reads or tries to read, she opens it and it's just blank. And oh, no. obviously that makes a person's life difficult. Um, you know, if she's like trying to go to school. It's not or trying easy. to learn a new recipe or something. <laughs> exactly. Is, exactly. Is there a really great scene where she gets a new microwave and opens the instruction booklet and it's just... <laughs> <laughs> it's such a great scene, Jer. You wouldn't even believe it. It's so funny. <laughs> You're like rolling on the floor during that scene. Exactly. And then she gets in a love triangle and then somehow things get resolved. <laughs> wow. And then okay, she becomes a YA author at the end. <laughs> <laughs> cursing herself okay. to always write YA fantasy <laughs> gotta atone for that uh, that's a good one Sonia um, but uh, uh, yeah you guys are no one's close in any way shape or form um, uh, Cursed is a uh, American fantasy drama streaming television series that premiered on Netflix uh, July 17th of 2020 uh, I'm surprised I haven't heard of it because I feel mm-hmm. like Shadow and Bone is the same thing, and it popped up for the beat. I don't know, it's crazy. Um, Cursed is described as a reimagining of the Arthurian legend told through the eyes of, I, I don't know how to say this name, Nimu, 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 a young heroine with a mysterious gift who is destined to become uh, the powerful and tragic Lady of the Lake. Um, it looks it looks okay. It's written by Frank Miller, who, um, it's, a, it's from a, uh, what are they called? Graphic novel. Uh, uh, Frank Miller, of course, uh, wrote Sin City, 300, Dark Knight, uh, lots of other great comics. Um, yeah, and sh- it should be checked out. Maybe we'll watch this, Ellen. That I don't sounds know. cool. I sure. like that. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, yeah. Um, I don't know if it's... Is it canceled? I don't know. Um, oh, it's canceled. canceled. <laughs> I, don't, I, can't, I, I can't tell. This cancel culture has run amok. <laughs> <laughs> just because they canceled a bunch they of shit. They got the Lady of the Lake, too. <laughs> uh, you guys, thank you for playing the game. Thank you. Thank Jay. you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's get back to talking about some shadows and some bones. Um, what are some of your favorite moments from the show? Anyone? <laughs> right. Uh, um, I, I, I will say that Alina kidnapping herself. Mm. was maybe one of the most charming things I've seen on TV in the past five years. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, it, uh, what's what's the gun guy's name again? Jesper. 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 It, gave, it gave him so much agency to be smug yeah. that it was the best. And like, you could tell he just wanted to drag that moment out for as long as he could. And that's what he did, as is his right. Um, Even though I his just two remember- co-workers are just like... What? We really failed. <laughs> yeah. We're actually in a lot of trouble. This and is he's a like, problem. let us go for a long time before I tell you. Um, but uh and and like honestly, in a an episode that's kind of crazy, right? Like that's where things get flipped upside down. And like, oh, how do you want to end it? Oh, on this really hilarious yeah. joke. <laughs> <laughs> um he's yeah, a good that guy. was funny, funny. Yeah, that was great. That was really great. I mm-hmm. liked it a lot. Agreed. Um, mine, I talked about it I for like the, a while. <laughs> I love a moment from that same episode where they're trying to kidnap her, and um, and they put in in motion their Ocean's Eleven sort of plan, where mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> uh, there's actually Kaz already knew that there was a replacement that had Alina's face, and that the guy that is going to double cross them later is going to get her and kill that woman, even though. That was a horrible moment, and she died yeah. sort of out of nothing. Um, but I, lo- I loved him sort of. I love that moment. I like a bit mm. of a heist. Oh, yeah. yeah. I like when they do their heist. And they're also I got real excited for the fantasy heist. And like I said, I love any moment in the fold. I love this, the dropping away of everything. And just, the, you know, it's just like you're going through the Bermuda Triangle or something. I love it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Ellen? Um, I think my favorite was the heist, but my second favorite 
Um, I really like the, the really brief confrontation between um, Kaz and the Darkling. And then I really, really liked David, that one purple guy with the Kefka, and he like raised his hand, and then Ben Barnes was <laughs> like, you don't have to. Okay, what's your question? Because David I is a, like a really guy. great character, too. <laughs> just that, like, the little jokes in between everywhere, like, that's yeah. just one example, but I really liked those little moments. Yeah. Yeah, I... Hmm, I feel like I had I had a lot of moments that I really enjoyed. One thing that I really enjoy is that Jesper got to actually have gay sex on TV. Um, and it was like, I don't know, pretty pretty hot and steamy, and we actually got to see some of it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, usually I feel like they would just cut away, and it would just be a Cut to fireplace. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> cut to fireplace, exactly. Um, so I really like that. Um, what else also, I followed that guy on Instagram, and he's like, he does some really good, like he does his uh, gunplay, like he is really good at doing all that stuff. Mm. And that like that was all mm. real. I was very impressed. Cool. Yeah, that yeah. stuff was impressive. Like I'm not a big like shooting person. Like I'm not I don't like think that's cool <laughs> usually. But some <laughs> of the stuff I was like, okay, that's really good. Um mm-hmm. I really liked them having to audition to be in the like performing troupe to get their way in. And then I love how Kaz is just like yeah, I'm actually just gonna find my own. Whatever, <laughs> I'm, not I'm not. I'm not doing this whole rigmarole. <laughs> I, um, thought, I thought he was gonna do some math. Something clever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but, but yeah, lots of enjoyable moments. Also, the goat. Um, we were just saying oh, yeah. uh, during the break that we all thought something really bad was about to happen to that goat in that moment, and no, it was just so sweet and wholesome. Also, mm-hmm. that moment where Mal gets like when he when he wait what is he doing he escapes or he like gets a key to something what like when he's fighting and sees this stag for the first time no it's when he sets himself free when he's prisoner and he like shoves a bullet into his um handcuffs was it the same goat and is that why he had a bullet around his neck because it was just yeah life-saving goat i love it Mm -hmm. i love that as an easter egg um but yeah I just think, yeah, I really appreciate that they um, added in those moments of lightness and silliness and some really <laughs> quality jokes in between all of the intense, like, war stuff, you know? Like, that's yeah. the thing, when there's a lot of, like, world building to learn, it helps when you can giggle every now and then. Um, all right. Does anyone have any criticisms of the show or any least favorite things they want to talk about? I have some thoughts. So if no one else has thoughts, I'll go right for it. Get it. Get us started. So I appreciate the way um, that the show was genuinely diverse in terms of like background actors, in terms of leads. Um, I read an article um, today where the author of the books, Lee Bardugo, was talking about how because it was her first series that she ever wrote. Um, and she was sort of just emulating what she had seen in fantasy previously. It was very white and very straight. And she acknowledges that and said when they were making the show that she wanted that to be different. And I appreciate that. I think, though, there is a really difficult thing sometimes when you have both fantasy racism and real racism in the same thing. Because, so in the sense that, like, the Grisha are kind of an allegory, and she said they're actually an allegory for um, for Jewish people in terms of sort of mm-hmm. their, like, power and utility, um, and, like, it's an allegory for sort of, like, after the Second World War, displaced Jewish people. Like, it's, it's complicated. Um, and, you know, I think we see that play out in terms of, like, people's reaction to the Grisha, and, um, yeah, there's all kinds of stuff there. But then, in the books, it's it's just assumed that Alina is Ravkin and is therefore white, um, because Ravka is based on Russia. Um, but so they made the decision to make her half-shoe, therefore half-Asian, for the show. And they introduced sort of this reality for her where she encounters racism that is just basically anti-Asian racism, the same way we see it in the real world. The problem, though, I think, is that... Um, 
one of those things, so like the kind of fantasy racism doesn't affect people in the real world and real life racism does. And when you introduce that real life racism, it makes it so that that fantasy can no longer be escapism for people who face that actual racism in real life, which I think is fine in certain contexts. Like I think that's fine if it's important to the narrative, which in this way it was sometimes, but I know I'm making a very long-winded point here. I think the thing is that she is the only one who faces any racism. And I know that, like, the Shuhan are the ones who Ravka is at war with, so it kind of makes sense that, like, the Shu are the enemy. But it's very weird that just, like, she gets these moments of, like, racism that's very rooted in the real world, and that that kind of doesn't have internal consistency in the world of the show, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, we don't we don't see any other instance of real-life racism except mm-hmm. for Alina. And so then I think it gets kind of tricky because then it becomes like, well, what is the goal of this? Like, what is this actually showing, you know? Um, well, it's, and it is supposed to be, like, she is supposed to be uncommon mm-hmm. as far as, right? Like, that. that is presented in the, uh, in the show. Um, I mean, it does, like, it certainly does, like, make things a lot more real, mm. right? Like, like, it, you know, like, like you said, it reduces escapism, like, it just pulls it back um yeah i don't know like you think more people should have been like 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 yeah i don't know because this is a thing that does come up a lot where you like have like a fantasy thing where it's like oh all the white people live here Mm -hmm. and all of the other color people live here you know like and it's an easy way to be to divide the line right like it's an easy way to have that but um god i'm not sure yeah, so, I mean, no, that's the sure. thing, it's, it's really yeah. complicated, and, like, I saw some people talking online about sort of how they felt that it wasn't super necessary, and that, you know, things like, so this is a pretty bad one, like, for example, when someone calls her a rice eater, like, that is, like, that is a real replication of real-world anti-Asian racism, that I mm-hmm. think, you know, for, from, like, the white gaze, it's like, oh, that's pretty harmless, but it's, like, actually, that's, it's, it's really co- more complicated, and so, mm-hmm. um, I can understand, I guess, where people are coming from when they say, like, I don't really see why it's sort of this only for her and only this kind of real world iteration of racism um, in these random yeah, like times. If it was and like, there's kind of no consistency. You're a dragon worshiper or like something that was like right. in the world, something that made sense, but mm-hmm. not if it like actually makes sense and is actually hurtful mm-hmm. in the real world. Yeah, yeah I wonder if. Yeah. I wonder if they, like, I completely see your point, but I wonder if um, they're trying to set up other things for the other parts of the series, because other people have to face it later. Like, Mm -hmm. Inej, her culture is, like, an allegory for, like, um, nomad, like, gypsy type thing. Mm. And so she faces a lot of racism later in the books. So does Zoya. And then at one point, they're in a completely different country. So they're in uh, where Jesper is from. So everybody mm-hmm. is black in that country. Mm-hmm. And so they stick out as white people, which like is not the worst thing in the world in the in the book kind of deal. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like it's described in the book that everybody watches them because they are the different ones in that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. don't know if that like had a point to it. And they're like, we have to include this because next season we'll see more and we know that the world isn't perfect or if it like, I don't know what the point was either, honestly, but eventually Mm -hmm. other people do face them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and like, I think you're very correct in that it could have been removed and would not have other than like, like speeding her along through that town. Like there's no other reason for like mechanically to be there. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Like it could have been any other thing that forced her to, fleet right it could have been anything so i think even if they had like made her shoe as this sort of like demarcation of her difference because i think that's the main thing is like she's she feels very other her whole life and that's like a big part of her character i think my impression is even from the books although i'm not sure um but i think it's just like when like i just don't know why you have to bring in then those like real life things you know, like, why couldn't it just, like, there could be other things that they make reference to, like Sean said, about her being mm-hmm. shoe. And, it and you know, it, that don't have to kind of hearken to this more harmful stuff. Mm-hmm. But that being said, you know, this is a complex conversation. And, like, 
the the idea of how we navigate this kind of stuff I think is still a very ongoing one um but it's like I don't know interesting to think about I think so yeah that was Mm -hmm. my only real criticism of the show though also which is like pretty impressive yeah yeah um okay so all supposed to be like Russian I don't or like what is are there they exist everywhere but Ravka is the only one that kind of like like schools them. them Oh yeah, schools them, arms them. Other places you have to hide because you'll you'll be burned alive, or you'll be um, experimented on, or you'll be slo- sold into slavery. Okay. Cool. Right. The Depending victory. on where you're born, yay! Like like our girl, like our girl Nina. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, and that's the thing too is like then you already have this built in like conversation about othering and anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Any final thoughts before we move on to what you watch in? Uh, I think everyone should probably watch at least two episodes. Mm. If you don't like it after two, that's fine. Yeah, like it, you know, there's some people who won't like it. Don't stop but, after um, one, though. Yeah, two. Two, two, two. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Jeremy just wants you to get some eyes on Ben Barnes. <laughs> he, he is a dream Everyone boat. deserves gonna... it. You owe it to yourself. <laughs> All right, well, with that, let's move into a little segment we call Whatcha Watchin', where we talk about the things we're watching. So, folks, Whatcha Watchin'? Um, I watched a great movie last night. Um, It's from 1992. It's called Straight Talkin', um, and it stars Dolly Parton as a sort of down-on-her-luck Southern gal, um, and she applies for a job at a radio station but accidentally wanders onto live air and they mistakenly think that she's like a on-air psychologist, but um, and she just starts giving advice. But listeners are very taken by her uh, straight-talking, no-nonsense, down-home attitude, and she becomes the toast of the town. Um, but then she starts getting exposed because she's not actually a doctor; um, she's just a fired dance instructor, and. Uh, <laughs> And it's really dumb and fun, but I I loved it. And also, there is a soundtrack, and mm-hmm. I invite you all to listen to Straight Talking because it's a great song. Sounds good. Thank yeah. you, Sean. Um, I I've started. I'm I'm two two episodes in of like I think it's like twenty eight episodes, which oh. kind of hurts me. But um, the spinoff of the Star Wars Clone Wars cartoon called The Bad Batch has been released. Mm-hmm. Um, it It's pretty good. Uh, it's real dark real fast. Uh, it uh, In the Star Wars thing, it picks up right in the whole, like, killing a lot of Jedi situation. Um, a the lot of the new stuff... Yes, yes. Uh, a lot of the new stuff is sort of investigating... Because, like, the whole point of being a clone is that they're emotional and stuff, and it's, like, investigating how they feel about it, and it's really bad. It Like, it's it's terrifying. And I'm constantly at odds with the fact that, like, that man just murdered three people in the sh- kids' show with a chainsaw. Like, <laughs> like, 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 I just don't... <laughs> don't they have better weapons? I thought they have lightsabers uh, and stuff. They were disarmed, Sean. They were disarmed. <laughs> um... <laughs> Anyway, uh, it's it's good. It's good. Good. Wow. Mm-hmm. Ellen, what you been watching? Uh, I have not been watching anything. Um, I am trying to do my same reading challenge from last year where I read a book a day. Wow. And so what? I read a book a day. Um, there are 138 days so far this year, and I have read 168 books. So I'm 30 books ahead. I'm gonna faint that's so many books (laughs) and so I read a book a day sometimes a book and a half a day um I just recently read this series well I'm working on the last book that's out right now and it's good it's fine it's whatever but it blew my mind because it's about magic and this dude can like slice buildings in half and the girl can like tell like if you say a sentence she'll know if it's the truth or a lie and they all have magic and it's great and it takes place in Houston, like a real city. <laughs> and I've been to Houston before, guys. <laughs> I'm telling the story. I've been gotta, to Houston I'll before with my family. And in 2009, we were there. It was so hot. It was so humid. We were there for five days. There was nobody around in Houston. 
And like, we're like, where are all the people? Like, it's just this dead city and we're downtown. It makes no sense to us. I'm reading this book on Saturday and it's like, I didn't want to eat outside, even though we had to be targets and like, there's a whole thing. Um, anybody who had any sense would be down in Houston's tunnels. And I was like, these don't exist, do they? Like, this is a magic book. There are magic tunnels. This is not a real life thing. Oh, it's a real life thing. There's 95 city blocks of tunnels in Houston. And my family and, and I were there were for five days. Strutting the hot And we never, <laughs> we never knew. <laughs> and we got heat stroke outside trying to find the oh, zoo. No. And we could have walked uh, in tunnels underground. <laughs> you, you guys, oh, you guys, no. I, I did not go to Houston. I was not there. Uh-huh. We, we, were, we were together, but I, I, I couldn't go. Um, there is, there's a tunnel entrance in their hotel. Oh. <laughs> so I immediately called my sister and I was like, did you know, have you found this out? And she's like, I'm on FaceTime with mom and dad. Tell us louder. So she put me on speaker and all of us, like, all... Show me people just sat there going like, what? No. <laughs> and so my dad tried to convince us. He's like, well, we were there in 2009. Maybe they hadn't built them in 2009. I'm like, they had. They had. They built them in There's 1931. a photo of you guys posing in your hotel and just a gaping, like, open hole behind you. <laughs> there was no one around. It was like a car wash outside. That's how humid and awful it was. And it was just like. Like they were literal tumbleweeds that just like went down the sidewalk with nobody around. I'm like, this can't be real. Thanks, urban fantasy novel. Oh, that's really funny. Wow. Well, wow. That's this why is... you should read books, kids. And that's a great that's a great thing for our listeners. If you're at, if you're yeah. going mm-hmm. to Texas, mm-hmm. there's check tunnels out in there's underground tunnels. <laughs> okay, well mine can't top that. Um, but I have been watching the uh, devastatingly final season of Shrill, um, uh, the adaptation of Lindy West's memoir starring A.D. Bryant. It's so good, you guys. It's so, so good. They've really said, like, we're going to smash this last season and just have all the amazing jokes and all the great performances just so everyone can miss us so much. I'm watching it with friend of the show, Rhiannon Ward, and... There are eight episodes in the last season, and we watched four of them this weekend. So wow. we're just like, I think we're going to get through, through really fast. But Oof. it's a great show. If anyone hasn't watched it, you should. But that's all the time cool. we have for this week. So I would like to give a shout out to Saskatoon's The Garys for the use of our theme song, Manatuna. My co-hosts, Sean, Jeremy, and Ellen. Everyone at CJTR. And to you, our sweet listeners, for lending us your ears. Uh, the show is broadcast Wednesdays at 6 p.m., rebroadcast Thursdays at noon, and we're available as a podcast on CJTR's website and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Stay safe and have a great week. Bye. See you. Bye. Bye.